Hello and welcome to another episode of the Professionally Depressed Podcast. I'm your podcaster, Anthony DeFrancia, the guy that uh, you don't know because you have no reason to know who I am, but you're here listening, so I, I appreciate appreciate you being here. Um, gave a shout out last week to... Some of the dudes and dudettes, I assume, in Ashburn, Virginia, who seem to be consistently listening to the podcast. I've been watching the analytics. Just, uh, I think it's interesting to gather information, um, see if there's any trends, see what's happening uh, with listeners. Um, so it looks like there's a consistent bunch of people who have been downloading uh, every week since the beginning. So. Shout out to all you people, too. I can't tell where you are. just says United States uh, non-affiliated uh, or whatever. So I, I appreciate you guys for, for supporting it. Uh, I hope you're getting something out of listening to this podcast, even if it's just like listen to this buffoon ramble for <laughs> an hour. Uh, I'll be a buffoon for your enjoyment. I don't care. I'll do that anytime. I'll do it once a week to be exact. I do it more times a week than that if you're if I'm being honest because I'm doing stand up like I said. And uh the stand up thing has not <laughs> I'm having fun doing it, okay? I'm having a great time. And I think uh I I think I make a lot of good points when I'm up there on stage, but I haven't been uh, necessarily getting what you'd call laughs <laughs> consistently. <laughs> and I, doing what uh you know stand-up comedians are supposed to be doing but i'm giving myself the leeway to you know be able to to you know know that i'm still learning you know i've only done it a handful of times still you know even if i include when i was doing it a couple of years ago you know probably 20 times or less maybe 20 to 30 tops and uh I'm like coming, trying to come up with stuff that you know I don't hear other people talking about. So that's not gonna be anything easy to sell. I, I'm essentially like, you know, uh, uh, I in my head I have like, you know, Jimi Hendrix ideas with like eight year old picking up his guitar for the first time skill. You know what I mean? Like. I get to see it in my head. I could hear it. I know that there's like a gold there somewhere that I could get to, but it's just a matter of getting there. So, um, I guess while I'm on subject, I'll just talk about a little bit of uh, kind of what my stand up. So, uh, my stand up experience in the last week has been. So, um, I only got to do it on Monday and Thursday. Uh, Monday was at the Tacoma Comedy Club. And um, there was a, I met a lot of cool people. I've been making it a point that whenever I go out to try to talk to some of the other, you know, people in the room, and they end up being comedians, obviously, because that is the main audience of stand-up comedy is other <laughs> stand-up comedians. Uh, oh, I should say the main audience of open mic comedy is other stand-up comedians there to do open mics as well. It's not, there's maybe, you know, the room will be filled with, I don't know, 30 people, 40 people, maybe maximum. And, you know, 60 to 70% are the comedians performing. So I was at Tacoma Comedy Club and, uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> it just didn't go well, man. I was talking about, so here's what I was talking about. I was talking about, um, uh, a few things. First thing I said when I got on stage, and this is a thought I had, and I I stick I stand by this thought is the the the, the phrase just the phrase spaghetti on the Serengeti. I don't know what it is, but no one else. Everyone else is like, okay, what about it? You know. But to me, like if you're if you're imagination doesn't go wild at the thought of spaghetti on the Serengeti, I don't, I can't help you, man. I don't know what to do. I can't hold your hand through everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it just is, well, number one, like I was looking at how they were spelt 
or spelled, I should say, not spelt, not felt, right? You, you, you know, you'd say you felled a tree, right? You say you felt a tree. I spelled the word. I didn't spelt it. It's not a fabric. Um, but if you look at how they're spelled, uh, spaghetti, S-P-A-G-H-E-T-T-I, right? And the Serengeti, I can't, hold on, I gotta look at, I gotta look at how Serengeti spelled. It's, I know it's S-A-R-A-N-G-H-E-T-T-I. So the Getty part in both of those words is the same. (laughs) I don't know, no, what it was is that, like, my friend was talking was where this came from, this thought that I know if I had like, you know, way more comedic skills than I have now, which is next to zero, that uh, I would be able to do something with it. But I was talking to my friend and he was, he's just a guy who lives in Arkansas and he was, uh, he was disclosing that he was very malnourished, that he was tired and he was looking sickly. His eyes were like turning colors. And for no other reason than he just like forgets to eat. And so we were checking in on him. And, you know, it was like the next day. It was probably like, I don't know, a week or four days that he just was intentionally malnourished. So ne- next day after he kind of told us this, we checked in on him. Like, oh, what did you have? Like, did you eat something? Are you malnourished still? He's like, no, I had spaghetti. I had spaghetti. And I was like, oh, cool, man. It's like if someone could just like, you know, get those Africans on board. Like, why can't they? You can't get a hold of some spaghetti Africans. Like if you just eat a good pasta marinara, (laughs) like that'll solve your malnourished problems. Easy. Like just get some spaghetti on the Serengeti. (laughs) You know, that's where that's where it kind of came from. Like. So, so I gotta somehow get to that point in like a comedic fashion, you know, because I know I just know, regardless of uh, popular opinion, that spaghetti on the Serengeti is fucking an awesome idea. But I just gotta, you know, you gotta sell it. That's like what that's what like comedy is. That's ideally what I'm trying to do here as well is like sell you my ideas and sell you on my thoughts to get you on board with them right or get you to at least understand where i'm coming from so you could l- logically uh like uh logically sympathize or disagree or think it's ridiculous or whatever but at least you know where my mind's at that's my ideal right so i first thing i mentioned on stage is spaghetti on the serengeti and then i talked about um the uh it was a bit that i did before that actually worked that was about my friend we were walking we were walking down downtown olympia and there was a park and i was new to olympia so she said oh that park is you know a great place to go during the summer uh it's a great place to people watch and i was like okay cool i like that i like people watching she's like yeah it's a good place unless you're a pedophile and I said, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't... I, I, I was interested by that thought because I didn't think... I thought it was implied that the earth was not a good place to be a pedophile. Like, she said it like as if like there's there are good places. Like, you know, you go to the sandwich shop and... You know, they treat pedophiles right there. They give you, you know, they give you extra mayonnaise when you ask for it. You know, they give you 10% discount for being a pedophile, whatever. And then, uh, like, that there was a place that was, any place was good to be a pedophile. And I, like, I thought, it, like, the only good places to be a pedophile were in, like, some sort of, like, you know, little sort of, like, concrete cell of some kind. Or dead in the earth. <laughs> I thought that was the only good places. And so I did that. I honestly did it better here than I did it on stage. And even then, you probably, you guys are probably at home are like, oh, what? Didn't you just say <laughs> dead in the earth? My man said. 
<laughs> but I did even worse on stage. And there was just fucking nothing. And what hurt the most <laughs> is that there was a guy uh, to kind of backtrack a little bit. To kind of do a flashback for the evening. I was maybe, I don't know, 13th or something in line. Among all the comedians, I think there was 18. No, it was probably like yeah, 12, 13, doesn't matter. Um, but the whole night, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't laugh at. A lot of stuff I didn't think was funny that other people did, which is fine. You know, that's just a matter of comedic taste, right? But there was a guy in, all the way in the back of the room. And doesn't matter what the subject is, what you were talking about. Whether or not it was intended to be funny, you could just be like, hey, so I was hanging out with my grandma the other day, and he literally would laugh like this. Hold on, I gotta push myself back from the mic. He would go, ha 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 <laughs> and I didn't know, like, it sounded like he was being legitimate. Like, the way that his laugh was sounded like almost he was, like, trying to troll people, you know? Like, just having such an obnoxious, loud, like, rhythmic laugh that, like, it, it's, you question <laughs> your reality, you know? Like, is this guy laughing? Is he gaslighting me? Is he... No, but he was legitimate. He just fucking loved everything. Yeah, you'd be like, I was making a sandwich the other day. It was crazy. He's like, ha, 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 ha. You get the point. He was doing that all night long. And then I go on stage, and the only time he didn't do it all night was when I, I said my pedophile thing. And then I just stopped at like what was supposed to be like the punchline. And then... It was just fucking silent in the room. So I did get laughs by calling it out. I was like, it, it was just silent. And I just was like, ooh, ooh, baby. That was, I'm like, yeah, no one like that, huh? And then they laughed at that. And I was like, even laugh at everything dude in the back didn't like that shit. It's like he's been laughing. A hundred percent of the time, and even he was like, nah, that's weak, dog. You shouldn't make fun of pedophiles. They got mental disorders, you know? So, uh, and then I did another joke, and pretty much the same thing happened. Didn't get any laughs, and then I called them out for not laughing, and then they laughed at me calling them out. So I did kind of learn something that night. That was Monday, in that... Uh, you have to, like, obviously do better. Like, I need to work on my technique in some way. Because I know my ideas are funny, but I think it's just maybe my presentation that is kind of weird and funny, or not unfunny. You know, like, uh, it's, I don't think I'm, I'm, like, presenting it as if I'm, like, having a conversation with someone rather than, like, performing stand-up. Maybe that's it. I don't know for sure what the answer is, to be honest. But... I did learn, excuse me, that uh, that acknowledging that I'm doing bad <laughs> can definitely help, you know, because uh, I think sometimes it can be the crowd. In this case, I, mean, I was like the only person all night that didn't get any laughs, which is uh, funny to me, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I did get like, it did feel skillful. And even the MC acknowledged, like, that I, quote-unquote, rode the waves, is what he said. He's like, and he like when he came on, he was like, oh, Anthony really rode those waves. You know, that's how it's done. So I do know that I did something good there. I just don't, like, I want to not have to, you know, be put in that position where I have to ride the waves. You know, I want them to be on my wave, right? That's the skill I got to get. But I do know that, yeah, kind of pointing out what was going on acknowledging it and kind of riffing off of it a little bit did work and not just sticking to the material necessarily i know there are comedians that say whatever you know just stick to your material but i think that's when they have a lot more uh experience and they could say okay i know this 
I know this material is great, so I don't give a fuck what the audience is thinking. I'm just going to keep keep pushing through this material because I know it's good and I'm just going to keep selling it, ignore their reaction and just keep going on it because this is my material. This is what I'm here to do, you know, but it's a lot different. I feel when you're at an open mic and I don't really necessarily have like bits, quote unquote, worked out. Uh, and I'm there to work on bits, but I also want to, you know, uh, work on just stand up technique overall you know and along with like the actual presentation of jokes your ideas working it through getting it to something like succinct and uh uh almost like a song you know very uh, uh constructed organized on how you're going to present this idea along with all of that you are there with live people who are reacting to what you're saying and who are you know who are going to do unexpected things, you know, and that's a skill that I want to have as well as to be able to, you know, uh, interact, course correct, whatever it is, the audience to get them on my side, you know, because um, as much as I've heard other comedians say, uh, you know, you just want to, you know, keep pushing through, just do your material and then get your time and then get the fuck out kind of thing. Uh, you know, Bill Burr will do that shit where he'll do something that he knows works and then he'll call, he, like, he's done it in his specials. Like, I think, uh, uh, what is the special, um, uh, I hate all of you or something like that, right? Uh, I can't, I love Bill Burr, but I can't remember the name of his specials right now, but where he's talking about, uh, beat, you know, hitting women, right? And he's like, he's like, there's no reason to do it. Uh, and then he's like, I'm, well, he, well, no, he says, Oprah says, there's no reason to hit a woman. He's like, really? I could think of 12 off the top of my head. <laughs> he's like, you just don't hit women. That's not what you do. And then like the audience was just dead quiet. And he's like, see, look how awkward it is in here. <laughs> he's like, I, I'm saying not to hit women. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know? And so it was like, even people who were paying to see him, who were there to get a stand-up, like, t knowing that he was filming a stand-up special, even they, like, heard something and were just like, uh... <laughs> and he had to, like, say something like, see, look how, look how weird. It's <laughs> like, come on. You're like, you know, to say something, call him out a little bit, make him laugh, break the tension a little bit uh, to get him back on his side. So that's, I guess, kind of what I was this whole long tangent is saying that I think I learned a little bit of something even though my uh, bit didn't go well. Um, and it was very similar. I I don't want to... I think the pitfall that I need to avoid is like relying on that every time I don't get a laugh necessarily, you know? Because uh, I do need to focus on like my technique as well. Because then I did stand-up again on Thursday. And... Um, it went better. Um, I had like a bit that I actually did before. Cause the thing is I've been doing like a little bit of something new every time I've been going, just trying out my different ideas. Uh, but I think I need to, you know, try to focus on one bit and try to, you know, get it polished a little bit more. But there's one that I did do before that I have a little bit more of a rhythm to, and that got like a little bit of an applause and laugh. But then as I go, went along the story further, uh, a lot of the room wasn't laughing except for this one girl who's just like dying laughing <laughs> and so i like was just appealing to her i was like yeah see i love this chick she she gets me she knows where i'm coming from you know um but uh yeah and that was another night that i kind of riffed a little bit and kind of uh played off some of the audience and then when I got off stage, there was actually a bunch of people from the Tacoma Comedy Club who kind of formed their own little gaggle in the back. Um, and they all, like, gave me, like, a resounding <laughs> applause when I got off. Like, I didn't notice any of them laughing, to be honest. But they, like, really, like, cheered. And, well, like, I don't know if it was being condescending. I don't care. I guess I don't care. But, uh, yeah, they they uh, were, were cool about it. Um so yeah, I'm learning a lot. I'm planning to do it more. I, if I play all my cards right, I can do stand-up four nights a week. And that was my attention last week, but I just was fucking, like, 
I was just so exhausted from work, you know, like my job ain't no joke. <laughs> and I'll get home, uh, like essentially I got to drive from Olympia to Tacoma, which for those of you that don't know, it's about a half hour drive uh, up the highway, you know, 30 miles or so. Um, and, you know, it, traffic varies, obviously, on the time of when you leave, all that shit, rush hour, all that shit. So I have to go from Olympia to Tacoma. And then from Tacoma, I almost always work in Seattle, which is another hour or so, because every morning going to Seattle, you hit traffic. So uh, I go from Olympia to Tacoma, then Tacoma to Seattle, and then I work my whole day, like do whatever I'm there to do, you know, which is anywhere from, depending on how long it takes me, which is anywhere from four to ten hours, <laughs> depending on really uh how difficult the job is how fast i want to do it how like you know how determined i am whatever and then drive back from seattle to tacoma then tacoma to olympia and then three uh if i'm talking about doing stand-up four nights a week three of the f four venues because they're all different venues on different nights are in tacoma so that means I, and I got to come home to Olympia to like change clothes. I got a dog. I got to walk my dog and I go Olympia, Tacoma, Tacoma, Seattle, Seattle to Tacoma, Tacoma to Olympia, and then Olympia back up to Tacoma. And as, I'm not like complaining about like no one's forcing me to do this. Right. But uh, I guess I'm just giving myself an excuse that I, I get tired, man. And, uh, Two of the nights, uh, I, you know, I did it. I intended to do it four out of five nights last week. I did it two out of five nights. Um, and the other two nights, I pretty much came home, laid down, maybe had a half hour uh, before I had to leave my house again, you know, walk my dog and just laid down for a second just to try to, like, recuperate and then fell asleep and then woke up like when I was supposed to be at the venue so that was two nights last week so uh, I'm gonna try to do better with that because um, one of them is in Lacey Washington which is only like you know 15 minutes so there's no reason to not do that one really because it's not even that large of a drive but um yeah, so I'm I'm just gonna keep doing stand up. I got a lot of stuff to talk about. I just need to figure out how to talk about it. Um, I guess some stories that I wanted to catch up on is uh before the week before last week when I was out doing some uh, stand up, there was a dude that I met at one of the venues in Tacoma, and I was just talking to him like you know I've been trying to be open to talking about pe talking to people and when i came up to him uh you know we were just kind of talking and he was like it's like oh yeah man I, he's like i've been l loving doing stand-up it's great and i was like oh how long you been doing it for he's like uh you know i did it once last week i'm like okay sure i mean i i, I mean i haven't been doing it a long time either so i have nowhere to talk you know and he was like He's like, yeah, man, I just feel like my whole life is a joke. I was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> and he said, yeah. It's like like when I was born, at my mother at the hospital went not to let my father sign my birth certificate because his name was Gross. And I was like, I gave him like a courteous laugh. Like, what? His name is Gross? That's so wild, son. That's almost like, uh, you know. A adjective or something it doesn't sound like a name at all it sounds like an adjective son <laughs> it was, but I, I didn't say that this is just you know this is my after banter with myself but he was uh so i was talking with him talking about and he's like uh talking about that he works at like a pizza place and that he's gonna try to get people to do stand-up and he wants to form a stand-up comedy group called the dead robots because like robots are like the people in society man and when you're a dead robot that means you've broken through from the corporate 
psycho man, you know, <laughs> that type of shit. Um, and, uh, so I was talking with him for a bit and then we're like, oh, okay, cool, man. Yeah. We exchanged contacts. Like, all right, I'll see you later. So then we're watching stand up throughout the night. And then one guy goes on. And when I saw this guy go on, I was, I definitely judged a book by its cover. I was like, there's no way this guy will be funny at all. And he actually was. Um, and he did like a little bit. He was like just just like a white dude, like very mousy kind of presence, but probably like six feet tall, maybe even taller, six something, six and some change, right? Uh, and he had a little pencil thin mustache and like a matching uh like soul patch that was like kind of on its way to being a goatee kind of thing right and he was wearing like a cool guy like hipster checkered cardigan kind of a deal and he was doing this bit i I don't remember the exact bit so uh, i mean he was funny enough but like not that funny right (laughs) but no i'm not i'm not trying to shit on another comedian okay i'm just saying that like I laughed there, but I didn't, like, it didn't stand out to me, you know. Um, but he was doing a bit, like, something, and he said something about, like, Native Americans. And I think he said something of, like, um, like, he made a Trail of Tears joke. Like, I think he said, like, something, it's le- somehow led to, like, a Native American crying, and he called the tear going down their face the trail of tears if i remember correctly and the guy that i was talking to earlier in the night keep in mind this is like i don't know 10 plus people in everyone had been like chill like the audience like no one was getting like huge uproarious laughter but the audience was being what a stand-up audience should be and they were shutting up laughing when they thought something was funny right um and then the guy that i was talking to earlier is now like sitting by the stage and he goes, oh, 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 and just starts guffawing, right? Which I got, I'll, I'll get back to that. I got a whole rant about that. Uh, and so the guy on stage is like, you good, man? You good? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm good. He's like, all right. And then he says something else and then he goes, oh, oh, ooh, oh, <laughs> starts guffawing again. He's like, like, you got some, you got something you want to say, dude? <laughs> And he's like, he's like, no, no. He's like, I'm, I'm up next, so I'll bring the, I'll bring the real funny when I get up. And he's like, all right, man. <laughs> like, he's like, I, I just, he's like, you can't talk about natives like that. And he's like, really, Na- the natives is what got you <laughs> tonight, <laughs> the Native Americans. Okay, yeah, are you native? And he's like, no, but I, I'm an ally <laughs> or some shit. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, they end up. Uh, bumping the guy that I was talking to earlier and I thought they were going to bump him entirely but he just went on one person after that and then like I saw him in the bathroom and he was like he's like man it's bullshit they bumped me bro and I'm like yeah I mean that's what happens like you can't like talk during people's sets and he's like well if you say something about natives I'm gonna fucking say something and I'm like okay <laughs> I mean <laughs> If you, like, you're not having a conversation with this guy, you're at a stand-up, like, that's the thing, and that's what the, uh, the previously mentioned rant I was going to go on is, is generally, for all audiences, this is just a blanket rule that does apply. If you go to stand-up comedy and you hear something you don't like, you just sit there and shut the fuck up. And don't like it. And say, this is a comedian I don't like. Or I don't want to see again. Or, I didn't like that comedian. He's not, I don't think he's very good at his comedy job. I don't like his content. I don't want to hear it anymore. Then that's what you do. You sit there and you shut the fuck up. And if anything, maybe you, you know, if it's like really ratchet. Like they're white people saying the n-word or whatever. Then yeah, the owner will take it upon themselves to make sure that person never performs there again um but the uh especially if you're another comedian that is the most despicable thing that you could possibly ever ever do is like 
say someone else's material is too much or too offensive or that they're xyz like they're racist or sexist or whatever because of it because comedy is just talking shit especially like comedy open mics especially in like the settings that we're doing them it's just about like you maybe have a few things that you know works and you uh will repeat them to kind of get people on your side and then you try some new stuff out here and there you know and see how how it goes and if people laugh that's great you can keep it maybe the next audience will laugh harder maybe the next audience won't laugh at all it's all depends on the night depends on people's moods depends on your performance depends on a lot of stuff but another comedian like guffawing what you're saying and like saying it's offensive is just so disgusting like no like you uh, regardless of how funny you are as a person whether you're funny uh like very funny or not funny at all you uh should just immediately be expelled from the comedy community if you have uh, if you like say uh, if you guffaw like that at someone's material so i think i got my point across there it's just awful and so that the guy who guffawed then went on stage later and he did he did what he was talking to me in the parking lot about which is another despicable thing for a comedian quote-unquote to do is he when i was talking to him just me and him as a person he was giving me his fucking bit that he was gonna do on stage and that he already did on stage the week before and so he goes up there and he's like man i'm a comedian because i feel like my whole life's a joke my he's like even my mother wouldn't let my father sign the birth certificate at the hospital because his last name was gross and no one laughed because not only was it like like i didn't laugh because i was like all the only thought i had was like you motherfucker you were doing your stand-up bit at me in the fucking parking lot where we're just being people like that is that is so nasty to do like I I don't I don't even know where to begin. I don't know if you, anyone has ever had that happen to him, but it's just fucking gross. I no pun intended with his fucking father's terrible last name. Anyway, um, and then no, yeah, no one laughed uh, for many reasons, and one of the main one being that they saw him, they saw his face, they saw him heckle the other guy and say, "I'm going on next, and I'm going to bring the real funny." And so no one laughed, and it was just dead. And then he was like, oh, what what else do you guys want me to talk about? And literally people in the audience went, I don't know, man. You were talking a lot of shit. Do your thing. And he just, like, melted and, like, crumbled and was just like, all right. Uh, 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 uh. And, like, could it, it was just, like, so cringy and embarrassing. And, like, it was such, like, uh it was like what karma is supposed to be you know just instant virtually instant karma of like fucking with someone who's just a comedian doing their thing being like oh i'm gonna blow these motherfuckers out of the water and then going up and then just eating shit ah it's so so good i loved it i loved every second of it um (laughs) and then so that's that guy his name's Jarrett. Um, I, I don't think that's his actual name. I think when I asked him what his name was, like I, I said like his, his name was like Jarrett Love or some shit, and I said, "Is that your real name?" He's like, "No, it's my stage name. I gotta try to remember my stage name." And it just, uh, I just wanted, uh, it just hated him. He might be end up being hilarious. We'll see, but. That was not a good first impression of this man. Everyone else is fine or cool or funny or, you know, non, you know, it it doesn't go either way for them. They're right in the middle, you know, lukewarm about them. But he he stinks. And I have his phone number forever. So so then the other person I want to talk about from who I saw doing stand-up is... uh, a person that uh, I mentioned before named Jojo. Um, and I mentioned them uh, on the second episode 
when I was talking about uh, doing stand-up at one of the venues and there was like an obnoxious person yelling stuff out in the crowd the whole time that I that made me wish death upon everybody in uh, a 30 mile radius um, and I saw uh, yeah again this person's name is Jojo I saw Jojo uh, do stand up and I actually thought they were very good like uh, they came up on stage this is the same night as the heckler guy and I saw I've seen Jojo a few more times it turns out that if you're going to these spots especially in Tacoma that other Tacoma comedians are rotating those spots as well so you see each other from time to time you know um so I saw Jojo do their actual stand-up on stage and I thought it was very interesting and very good um his first thing they did is uh, kind of uh, well. The first thing they did, which I thought was w whatever, is they said that hi, my name's Jojo Blacko. My names are uh, that. My, my pronoun is that motherfucker, and every, people laughed at that. Uh, and then, and then he did. I think it, I think it's a he. I've been using they because I don't know because it is a very pretty black man. But I, th I think he said is he. So I'm going to say he. Okay. But I think they said he, they are he. <laughs> so I'm going to say he. So then he uh, says, he's like, oh, how uh, how was, uh, by the way, the, the, this room was like a predominantly like black room, which is crazy because there's like barely any black people in Washington. But uh, he's like, he's like, oh, like how many you know, it's like, oh, how many people here celebrated Black History Month? And there was a few black people that were like, woo, and they clapped and applauded. And then he looks at one person in particular and he says, uh, how was how was your Black History Month, ma'am? And she says, it was good. It was great. And he's like, that's good. I'm happy for you. Let me tell you how mine was ruined. <laughs> and then he goes into his bit about, I can't say it. But it's uh, gay, uh, certain colored individuals from outer space. Okay, words that a lot of the people in the audience are allowed to say that I am not. Gay, big words from outer space. Okay. And so then he had this short little bit about these gay uh, individuals. That's how I say it, by the way. <laughs> as I, say, as I, I say gay um, individuals <laughs> from outer space. I hope you, I hope you know which word is supposed to be fill in, you know, fill in the blank there. Gay um, individuals from outer space. And so I, I don't, I'm not going to repeat it, but this is an example of someone who did stand out right because again i like had laughs or chuckles throughout the night and there's maybe only a few people that actually stood out as like yes like that's an original idea that's an original thought i love how they're presenting it this is someone that i would like to see more um so uh yeah so i i my opinion changed of them like i after i saw them that night saw him jojo that night every time i've like seen him out like doing comedy i like always am like you know try to give him a compliment because I, I i am impressed at like how good they are um i still keep saying they get how good he is i i still i'm gonna stick with they i mean they isn't bad right they is non-presumptuous i don't know but uh how good how good they are um and then last on Thursday they did this hilarious bit that I think I was the only person in the audience laughing. If that tells you anything about my sense of humor slash this audience, I don't know who it says more about. But he did a bit about um, about Star Wars if uh, Darth Vader was played by Cat Williams. <laughs> Which, like, first of all, Cat Williams hasn't been around for a minute. 
So it's like you got to kind of try to remember Cat Williams. But then he did this bit of like, like after he got like shocked by the emperor and being like, "Oh, sit down, sit down." <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious because Cat Williams, I mean, uh, obviously did like the pimp down thing, whatever. I don't do a good Cat Williams voice, but he does do a, a great Cat Williams voice. And so I asked him, like, where'd you come up with that? And he's like, oh, I could do a good Cat Williams voice. So I just <laughs> trying to think of something to do with it. Um, and I was like, that was that was funny, funny shit, man. I loved it. Um, so, yeah, I've been trying to trying to be like positive in the comedy community because I think it's like competitive and we all want to be like, oh, I'm funnier than that motherfucker, you know? Or, like, this guy doesn't know shit. I'm the shit, you know? But I'm trying to just be, like, you know, have some humility to what I'm doing. Um, and compliment people who are doing it well or better, you know? And try to, you know, see what they have to say or if they have any credibility or, you know, whatever it is. Just try to be part of the community more, you know? And I'll be right back. You won't even notice I'm gone. Okay. All right. Sorry, I was my bladder was just boiling <laughs> with filled with uh, you know, bladder juices, you know, the stuff that's held in there and then you expel later. I don't know if uh, guys have like have you ever been like had to pee so bad that you you start getting hard because it's just like the pee has nowhere else to go and like you have to like start focusing muscles in, in like the blood into your dick to like not only expand it out to where like you know you get an extra few inches to hold a little bit more pee but then also you're like you know contracting the your uh weenie muscle <laughs> to keep it all in there uh it's it's good i i don't like that feeling but it does happen a lot with me Especially, like, when I wake up from a nap or something. Um, uh, so, yeah, JoJo's great. Um, and I've been having... A, so, I'll just get in my dating situation real quick. Um, it's been going... Yeah, I don't know how it's been going, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like it's going well and then not well at all at times. I, I think I'm really writing a little bit of a depressed wave from yesterday if i'm being honest which is a result of kind of a depressed wave from a combination of thursday and friday i guess it's not a depressed wave or oh it's a depressed wave as a result of like things not turning out how i wanted them to you know which is fair because it's life but um Essentially, on Thursday night after I did comedy, I did karaoke. I was talking with this, started talking to this random dude. Then the random dude was talking to a girl at the bar. The girl at the bar started talking with me, asking me about my love life. I was talking with her for a minute, and then I turned and talked to another girl at the bar, and then she invited a different girl to uh, be at the bar with us, and then invited us all to go sit together at a table elsewhere, and we were doing karaoke and talking and having a good time, and... Then I was sitting there and like another random girl came up and started talking to me as well. And I started pontificating about comedy. And then uh, the other two girls from before, uh, one of them left. And I was there talking to the other one for most of the night. And we were having a good time together and kind of were leaving together. And I didn't... S <sighs> And then I did something that made myself cringe. Because we were having a great time talking all night. And the thing is that I don't know how to uh, progress with past talking with women. That's what I'm trying to work on now. Because here's the thing. is I've gone from being able, or from not being able to like approach anyone and talk to them out of the blue... To now I could do that um, and have like a good conversation, but I don't know how to move from that into intimacy. And this girl, I knew that she uh, was in an open marriage. She mentioned several times throughout the night that she was like demisexual, 
which for those of you that don't know, demisexual means that they uh, are only like sexually attracted to or turned on turned on by people that they find like uh, emotionally stimulating, right? Like uh, you have to emotionally get there um and like mentally get there they're they they do not care about only like physical appearances so when we left together we were standing by our cars and i was uh i think we were just i don't remember the exact conversation i think i maybe had i think this is part of the reason that makes me cringe as well and this is probably something i'm going to do going forward is like really uh limiting how much i drink uh because I'll be feeling like good in a moment, but then I, when I try to talk and like articulate something to, uh, especially like a young lady, I can't really get the words out right, and I fumble over my words and I kind of put my foot in my mouth, so to speak. So I said to her like, "Oh yeah, I enjoyed talking to you all night," and she said, "I enjoyed talking to you as well," and I was like, you know, a lot of the reason, to be honest, that I was kind of uh, like willing to talk with you tonight is because I think you're really attractive and she said and she like didn't say anything she just like really she like blushed and giggled and I was like yeah I mean that's just what it is I think you're attractive and I think you're and I, I again I don't remember exactly what I said but in my head all I said this is all I would have said is and I think you're really sexy. And she said, and then she uh, said, okay, I think it's time for me to go. And she kind of dipped in. So she went, uh, we were like right by our car. So she went from the, you know, we were standing by the back. She went to the door and I said, well, can I get a hug or something? And she says, and she said, uh, she said it kind of playfully. So maybe it's not as bad as I thought. But she said, uh, you know, not after a comment like that. And I was like, okay, well, I'll see you around. You know, and I got in my car and I left. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I've been cringing at myself, kind of feeling bad all weekend. Uh, because, like, she was really cute. We did have a great conversation. We were hanging out, like, you know, taking turns doing karaoke, and she sung like "Firework" by Katy Perry, and was like super adorable <laughs> while singing it. And like, uh, we we're you know, one of the girl, the other girl was like buying her shots of tequila, and like we were just having a good time, laughing. She was adorable, giggly. I was giving her life advice, you know, about <laughs> like, because she's twenty three, and I've been learning that. Like, despite the fact that there's not really a huge age difference between 23 and 27 or 20 and 27, like, the amount of knowledge or experience we could have uh, uh, in different aspects of our life is vastly, uh, just a vast chasm, you know? So I was giving her some knowledge on life. Um, and, yeah, we were just hanging out well. And I guess I was beating myself up because I felt like that, Whatever comment I made, again, I don't remember. I know I wasn't like, I want to just fuck your pussy fucking into oblivion, which is what I want to do. <laughs> but, I, but I know I didn't say that. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> I, I know I know myself enough. You know, even if I don't remember shit, I know I didn't just say, can I fuck your pussy into oblivion? Because I, 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 that might have gone better. I don't know. <laughs> but I know I wouldn't say that. That's just what my heart feels, but that's I wouldn't verbalize that in any way. Um, but uh, so uh, yeah, I couldn't tell if she was just like kind of like if she was uncomfortable because I was making her uncomfortable, which is why I've been feeling bad because I don't. Here's the thing: is I want to uh, sexually pursue women, right? Yes, agreed. <laughs> without without making him feel uncomfortable and i guess sometimes that might be unavoidable you know because either you're going to be too nice to where they think that you have no sexual interests uh and uh you know reciprocally they don't have any in you either or you gotta kind of take a leap of faith and see 
and that might make them uncomfortable. So I just don't want anyone to feel like, especially since this is a place that I'm going to go back to, I really don't want to end up in a position where it's now like, oh, this, you know, this comedian guy, like he's, you know, all right, funny, whatever, kind of cool to talk to, but he will get weirdly sexual on you <laughs> for no reason, you know? I really don't want that reputation at all. And in my mind, I wasn't being weird. I was just being, like, I was being, uh, to me, telling someone that you think they're sexy isn't weird, right? This is where I need people to email in because I need some other opinions. It, I, I don't think it's weird. I think, like, I mean, people don't put uh, all of their, uh, you know, confidence and, like, self-worth eggs into the appearance basket all the time. Uh, there are people who definitely do do that, but not everyone does do that. But I think everyone likes to know that they're attractive and sexy still. Like, even if you're, like, it's that's not my only worth, like, there is a... Uh, you know, a commodity there either way. And she was giggling at me saying that she's attractive. And it was when that line was stepped over to sexy. And so I don't know if she just was like, uh, like, I don't want her to think that I'm like creepy in any way, but I didn't know if she was feeling like just uncomfortable in herself because she didn't have any she never had anyone being that like kind of sexually forward if that makes sense because there are women out there who uh and my ex-girlfriend was one of them where she would be just a total uh like slut <laughs> with all due respect total slut within our monogamous relationship right like we we didn't sleep with anyone else it was just me and her but when we were actually having sex she would just fucking she was an animal you know she she loved it but like if i ever tried to say like mm, you're fucking you're you know your your titties look like a look like a sopping little little snack it looks like melty ice cream cones and i i'm here for cleanup duty or whatever <laughs> that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense but you know what i mean if i ever tried to be sexy like that you know if i tried to turn her on you know she would be she would like either smack me or like be uncomfortable so i don't know if it, that was like a little bit of it is like because I know I didn't, like, lick my lips and go, like, mm, yeah, mama, you look fucking sexy. I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fucking, <laughs> gonna take those titties with me in a shopping bag. <laughs> gonna put your titties in a shopping bag and take them home. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can understand her feeling like that's kind of creepy, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, just saying that she's sexy, I, I hope that it's, the former that she just kind of is like didn't know how to react kind of thing and um you know is planning on maybe seeing me more uh i i think one of the other things i regret is like not getting like any of her information um before that because that's maybe how i should have played it i don't know uh, that's the thing is that this is all difficult because it's similar to stand up where it's like a learning experience because I don't know like in my head I want to just like I'm my goal is to have like a one night stand because I never had one before so that's what I'm like ultimately working toward but the only thing I really know how to do is have conversations with people and I don't think I think that can get you there but I don't know how to make the transition from like we've been talking all night this is a cool dude I like his vibes. I like his energy too. Like now, what's uh, what's that pussy doing though? You know. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, I've been feeling kind of down on that. And then I was supposed to have three dates this weekend, and that has boiled down into one. Uh, that's a, in about an hour or so. Um, one of them was kind of up in the air, so I expected it, and I'm still gonna be seeing her. Um, the other one. I like kind of dis I'm pretty disappointed because we were gonna go on a date later this evening tonight and then we moved it until uh yesterday evening 
And then I was talking with her and she's like, oh, I don't think I'll have enough time. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we could work it out this way. And she's like, okay, maybe we should. And then she said, oh, maybe we shouldn't kind of thing. So I just felt like it honestly was, now that I'm talking through it with you guys, I mean, it was just like a scheduling issue for sure. Um, but I felt like discouraged from it because like as a dude, we are always asking out and especially this weekend i was just asking out making propositions just left and right and like getting turned down just over and over and canceled on over and over just like it was really like demoralizing is really the only way i could put it you know and i don't know if any other guys have had this experience but it's not like a you know uh, like you get mad and become like an incel or whatever, right? Like, it's not like you have that sort of energy, but it just is, uh, yeah, the only word for I have it, uh, the only word I have for it is demoralizing of like, especially when you, I know that I have value and I know I have a lot to bring to the table and like, I'm just not getting the success that I want in my mind. Um, then, yeah, it can be really, uh, disheartening. Um, so that, I mean, that's me being honest about kind of where I've been at. Um, but I know I just got to keep trying and I got to, you know, um, also give myself, uh, similar to stand up, I got to give myself the patience to really learn. You know, I've learned a lot really quick from, you know the beginning of this podcast which is a month ago right um and i've only been single for you know a month and a half two months or so tops and i've learned a lot and i've had a lot of great experiences with people but uh in my head i feel like i'm failing because i haven't like had sex with anyone and you might be like, oh, Anthony, is that all that matters to you? I mean, no. I I do want to have good conversations with people. I do want to meet great people. I do want to have great relationships. But if I don't, uh, if there are relationships with women and there isn't sex involved, then I don't want anything to do with those. I'm just being like real i mean at least there's not one or two like i could have relationships with seven girls if there's like two of them that i'm having sex with and the rest are just like on the side then that's fine you know i, I don't need to have sex with all the girls i mean i want to but i don't need to but i do need to have sex with at least a couple <laughs> so and i'm just being honest here people I, I again i i said this last week when i was making a statement about women uh, n nobody e emailed me because no one's listening, but I would love for people to email me, uh, make arguments with me, have advice for me uh, as well. So, um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. So that being said, I got a date uh, this afternoon, so hopefully it goes well. Uh, I'm trying to kind of mentally prepare myself uh to get myself in a good better mental spot so i don't just come up like you it's like all you women are the same you fucking <laughs> you you don't fuck you you laugh your ass off all night and then you don't fuck and you don't like me and try to not to direct all this like negative energy that is unfounded in anything other than insecurity at them ah oh, yeah you, you fucking feel that you feel that reality, son? You, what you know about reality? What you know about <laughs> breaking down your real emotions, Jack? You don't know shit. Yeah, did you, did you hear that? I don't want to project the, these feelings that I am have that are based off nothing else than my insecurities. Ugh. Ugh. Take that with you to the bank. <laughs> Alright. We'll end this episode on that. Um, again, thank you for listening. Uh... If you be listening, my name is Anthony DeFrancia. This is the Professionally Depressed Podcast. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, anything you want me to talk about, uh, if your dog died and you want me to give you dog dying advice <laughs> or whatever, uh, let me hear it. Um, I'll, I'll, I just want to, you know, I want to interact with you guys out there. I want to know what's going on with your lives as well. I mean, I'll just keep talking. 
but uh i want to you know i want to know about you and what you got going on as well um so yeah if you want to email me it's fish lake from hell at gmail.com that's f-i-s-h-l-a-k-e-f-r-o-m at no <laughs> f-i-s-h-l-a-k-e-f-r-o-m h-e-l-l at gmail.com fish lake from hell at gmail.com this is the professionally depressed podcast i will see you guys next sunday thank you for listening